This is the True Real Estate 911 podcast with Lisa True. Lisa will share up-to-date real estate information with you that you need to know. It is Brian Mudd with your local real estate pro, Lisa True, here with the latest information that you need to know to make informed decisions about Palm Beach County real estate. And the information, generally pretty darn good uh, with the latest information out of March's real estate figures. And what we end up seeing um, on the national scene and the local scene were different as they typically are. You hear about how much of a seller's market we have nationally. While the market might not be as favorable for sellers locally, the outcomes in some respects are even better. And so knowing how to navigate the market perfectly and for the best outcome for you, it's what the trues do best. And so before we get started today, as a reminder, if you're not already at truerealestate911.com, go there. It's truerealestate911.com, the best local resource you're going to find for real estate. Great informative videos. You have the ability to search the MLS like a real estate pro. You can sign up for information to be emailed to you. That'll be helpful uh, with all of your real estate uh, decisions in the future. So truerealestate911.com. And of course, buying, selling, or if you just have questions, seven days a week, the truths they're ready to help you at 561-972-8326, 561-972-8326. Lisa, there's some significant takeaways with the latest information you have uh, throughout the Palm Beaches. We know that the market has kind of different lanes still, but tell us some of what you're seeing happen and some of what has been reflected in the numbers here. We're seeing that if you have a property 400000 and under and you follow proper pricing experience and advice, it's it's in the correct condition, so appropriate condition for what buyers expect for that product, that community, and the marketing's right. Not only will you sell the property, but you will be able to maximize it. And I'm seeing right now a lot of people are listing properties and they're saying, well, yes, it sold right away and they left money on the table. So it's not just about selling it in that kind of product. It's about selling it for the most amount of money and getting the terms right. You know, it's interesting. I, I get used to seeing great news uh, that you've been able to produce for, for your clients um, over the course of time, but it seems like increasingly you are being able to position many different properties for those multiple offers, again, uh, getting people sold real quickly. And uh, I don't know if it's that you've even gotten that much better or there are just things in the market that you're able to identify and and help set people up for. But uh, is that occurring? Are you seeing that if you get all that right, there are more buyers at these levels? Certainly from 400,000 and under. And we're seeing this when we're working with buyers, representing the buyer as a buyer's agent, is a lot of times the agent's taking that first good offer, which is great, their client's happy, and yet they if they had a strategy for multiple offers, they probably could have gotten that seller more money. Now we're okay with it because our client's not the seller, our client's the buyer. And so we're able to get our buyer a better deal because the agent doesn't have that strategy. They're just excited to have an offer and you know have it checked off. And yet the seller doesn't realize how much money they could have possibly left on the table. You know, there is something that is pretty true of most charts in anything to do with statistics or business, and that is if you are looking for growth, what you look for are arrows that are up and to the right. And what we see is that 
pretty much on all the headline numbers that most people are interested in. We got just that. We had a significant year-over-year increase in terms of single-family home sales, uh, as we saw an 18.5% sales increase in single-family homes. And on back of that, we also ended up seeing uh, prices that were basically double-digit increases as well. Single-family homes coming in at about 9%. Uh, so. I know that you're saying that the action is really on the sub 400 market. Is it that that market is so hot that it's actually covering up for some of the deficiencies on the luxury side? It is. I mean, if you take a look at the luxury numbers, just to give you some sort of perspective, is that last month we had 113 sales. Now, that's pretty great. This is for a million and over. And there's 1,848 properties for sale, a million and over. Now, here's the part that really causes me pause is that there were 222 new properties in the million and over that came on the market. So twice as many came on the market as what sold. And the thing about that, Lisa, I cannot remember the last time that we actually saw more properties being closed than listed in the million plus territory. I mean, I think it's been years. Yeah, it's it definitely has been years. And so we're we're actually back to kind of the inventory levels. Now, not the price levels, but the inventory levels when the market correction was happening with the luxury market. And so it's just important and more important than ever to get the pricing, the condition and the marketing correct. And it's one of the areas where I think the good news is a lot of people, luxury uh, homeowners are not in distress, which is wonderful, that's what we want. Sure. And yet, if you're not willing to price it according to the market and to listen to the market when it tells you, hey, this is the change going on, then you know don't put it on the market because it's a simple supply and demand. When there's less choices, buyers need to pay more. Um, it helps get that uh, price kind of movement going again. The other market that I think is seeing challenges, and we've seen a lot of press on this lately, is our active adult communities. And so... A lot of our 55 and over adult um, second homes, but also year-round uh, 55 and over, um, are really seeing an inventory imbalance going on. And, of course, we see more and more construction of that product. So it's constantly um, taking from the resale market because a lot of people retiring to Florida are wanting to get a new home, and they can wait. So it's definitely kind of keeping the overall numbers looking great. Now, the good news is if you're in that price point, it's better than what these numbers say. If you're in that hot price point of 400 and under, you're you're the lucky one right now in the marketplace. Well, that is manifesting itself as well in terms of the median sales price because uh, taking a look at what we got here, we're we're back at approximately nine-year highs for the median sing- single-family home uh, price with uh, prices up 8.9% year-over-year. Year. Uh, we're at 325000 now in the median sales price. It's been quite some time. And so, once again, this to me is that indication that maybe a lot of those communities that hadn't participated during the first few years of the housing recovery locally because there's so many distressed properties that had been around them, many of those communities are now the ones that are participating, helping lift prices up, a lot of those on the more affordable end that you're talking about. Yes, and what we see really, if you look at the breakdown between traditional sales, equity sales, 
foreclosures or short sales, you see that in the numbers. Uh, there were only 20 deals out of all the transactions that closed that were short sales. Yeah, more than 1,500 closings, 1,562 in just 20, as you point out, yeah. And you had 94 REOs. And so when I, I'm receiving a lot of calls from buyers that are moving to Florida, they're new to Florida, or they haven't really been watching our market. And the first thing I say is, can you help me find a short sale? Uh, statistically, no. Yeah. I mean, you, that's only 6% of the closings were distress. Combination of clo- uh, short sales and foreclosures, just six. Yeah. And many of those require cash. They require a cash buyer because of condition. And so for the typical buyer, you are back into the traditional real estate, which has some good things about it, uh, for sure. I mean, you you can pick a closing date and actually close. Um, hopefully, the home has been maintained better than if um, you know it's been sitting empty without air conditioning going for months. Um, we, we're taking some um, REOs right now, some foreclosures, and you know they have roof leaks. They have they have issues. Yeah. And so if you're buying a home, unless you're exceptionally handy, you're going to spend a lot of money fixing those things where you could have just bought a home that you could move in and enjoy. Makes sense. Um, now, you did mention cash. And one of the other things that caught my eye that uh, was a positive, you know, I always take a look year over year to adjust for seasonality. And you take a look at uh, the amount of cash, despite these higher prices. And again, they're 9% higher than they were a year ago. Uh, we actually saw the percentage of sales that closed with all cash increase year over year by nearly 2%. You saw nearly 39% of the entire single family home market that was paid for in cash. Yes, we're seeing a, a fair amount of cash coming back into the market larger down payments. Now, that's good news if you're a seller and that's good news if you're the cash buyer. The challenge comes when you are competing against those cash buyers and you have a mortgage. And so um, knowing, having somebody who can kind of sell the deal, uh, we had a a buyer who, uh, a really nice couple buying their first home that we were able to find them a home last week and they were up against cash almost every single time with multiple offers. I mean, three and four and five offers. And they were an FHA buyer. Mm, and okay. so we were having to sell the buyer. And they are they had a lot to sell. We had a lot of great things to say about and them. And that's where your credibility and your uh, knowledge and negotiation ability comes into play heavily, right? Yes. And one of the things that, that happens before we even start working with the buyers, we look at the total package. You know, what can they buy? What can they afford? Have they been pre-approved properly? Are they cooperative? Because Often, if I'm in multiple offers, if we're in multiple offer situations, not only is is the buyer's agent calling and selling, I'm also picking up the phone and saying, look, this is a deal as a listing agent I would take. I've looked at the buyers and it's going to be a nice, easy deal, which listing agents want. They're going to do what we ask them to do. They're going to do things on time. And so it's taking um, not just the agent, but it's also taking me many times verifying and validating that. So we make sure we have a client that I actually will put my name to before we start working with those clients. And what we found is that the great clients that that follow our advice they get properties and they may not get the first one, but they're going to get a great home that was perfect for them. And we do this over and over and over. And especially in those competitive 
price points, we're able to really help our clients get what they need. Yeah, a lot of folks uh, might be familiar with Marcus Lamona, CEO of Camping World, but also the show The Profit. And he talks about people, process. Uh, and when it comes to you, the people and the process are things that are in, invaluable. Um, you know, in, in terms of trusting the process, it's something that I not necessarily have historically been as willing to do. But having um, worked with you personally and professionally over the years, um, y- there are certain things that uh, you just have to let the true group work on on your behalf uh, because it is a, a day-night difference when you have someone who knows how to negotiate those details and, and get you through the process uh, versus someone who is inexperienced and you end up feeling every uh, bump in the road. Um, a lot of the things that you know potentially were pitfalls, I know working with you, we didn't even know about until after the fact. Well, and one of the things is that when you hire us, you're not getting one person. You're not getting an agent with an assistant. You're not getting an agent with maybe a couple of team members. You're getting a, an entire group of people. I've been doing this, I hate to say this, but since 1989. And I was 12, um, <laughs> kiddingly. Um, and yet I've been doing this for a long time. And yet I also have Steve who's been doing this for a long time and has a whole different le- set of skill sets than mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. And then we have Chris True, who has a whole nother set of skill sets, and Ashley True, who has a whole nother set of skill sets. And so when there is a challenge or an obstacle, if the main person can't solve it, it becomes kind of a, a mastermind of, okay, well, well, let's try this. What about that? You know, who, who else has a different idea? And between the four trues and our other team members, we're able to come up with a solution. And there's nothing, you know, we have a new definition for a committed at our company. And um, we're just going to start by saying, assuming it's legal and moral, okay, so uh, assuming okay, that. Okay, very good. Okay, that... There's nothing we won't say, there's okay. nothing we won't do, and there's right. nowhere we won't go to help our clients achieve their goals. I like it. And so it means being willing to have challenging conversations, yep. being willing to share good news and challenging news, also being willing to fight for what the client needs and wants, um, and working harder and smarter than than ever. And that truly, that definition explains kind of how we feel about our commitment to our clients. And so, and it takes that today, in my opinion, to have the success that people deserve and want. Well, one of the other things that I think is implicit in your business and for you specifically, uh, you are driven to always improve and highly successful people won't allow themselves to become complacent. So given that you already were highly competent and highly successful, Taking that bar and raising it again is this is a byproduct of what you're talking about. It's interesting. Um, you know, I, I was looking Saturday night and Sunday night. I um, sat and studied some new people that have come into my life that uh, sent me some great information, and I literally sat and studied. Facebook advertising and how to get the right message, even even deeper level to the right people Mm -hmm. and and you know it's look it's not always glamorous i mean i probably would have rather been doing something else if i were (laughs) honest and yet and yet i am driven to would you have though well i think that you might be um 
taking liberties with that the way that I would with studying, uh, you know, financial analysis at the same time. You enjoy it. Well, I do enjoy it, and I <laughs> and I enjoy I enjoy bringing innovative ideas to our clients, and I enjoy bringing innovative ideas to our team members. And I enjoy making our clients' lives better and our team members' lives better. And good is not good enough. Um, You know, good is the enemy of great, right? Oh, no doubt. And so... Uh, if you want greatness, you have to do those things. You have to choose and desire to do those things. And, and you know, always look for ways to do things better. And even in a good market, and I, I see, I'm seeing this mistake a lot. People are kind of missing the point. And like I said, they are leaving thousands on the table, either buying or selling, because they don't see the value um, until they meet. And I tell them, like, look, I'm not asking you to hire me. Just meet with us. And if we're doing the same as everybody else, then great. It, you, you lose nothing, right? And, you know, I, I've been sharing lately with our um, buyers that are calling, that are looking on Zillow and Troya, that great agents like us have a three to five day head start when a property hits the market. It's a long time in a competitive price point. No doubt. By the time they find it, a good property is has been shown and is already under contract. And so if you're buying, you have absolutely nothing to lose by doing a proper consultation and see if we can help the last month alone. We have example after example. And not only have we helped them, we've saved them literally thousands of dollars. And part of that is because we represent our buyers as a buyer's agent. And it is a huge difference. We had an agent say to us, a listing agent say, you know, you can't ask for that. Yeah, we can. (laughs) We represent the buyer. And they ended up saving $56,000 on an inspection renegotiation. Wow, that's incredible. And so, you know, and and we're not talking about a $2 million property. It was a lot of money and a major impact for the buyer. That agent also didn't realize that if you tell Lisa she can't do something, (laughs) that's not helping your case if you're looking for the opposite outcome. So... Um, Whether you're looking for career counseling services or real estate outcomes, um, (laughs) same numbers. um, The the truths are ready to help you seven days a week. Get started again. If you're not there right now, truerealestate911.com, truerealestate911.com. And uh, the truths ready to help you with real estate. Again, buying, selling questions seven days a week, 561-972-8326, 561-972-8326.